You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And welcome to another edition of the Pride of Detroit PODcast, pridedetroit.com, Pride of Detroit on Twitter, Pride of Detroit on Facebook. You know where to find us. We tell you that every week. Mailbag edition here with myself, Chris Perfett, at Chris Perfett on Twitter, P-E-R-F-E-T-T, and my man, Jeremy Reisman, the fearless leader at Detroit Online. Jeremy, how are we doing? I'm doing all right. I have a dog crawling all over me right now, but other than that, I'm doing pretty good. By the way, if you want to watch us live on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Pride of Detroit, where you can see uh, Zazu here just absolutely destroying Jeremy's microphone. <laughs> Very hard to do a professional setup with this when Jeremy is absolutely the unprofessional one here. Not me. Not me. I'm never the unprofessional one. Give it time. Give it time. Yeah, I'm not the unprofessional one falling asleep during our last podcast because of no uh, of an entire weekend of no sleep. Do you want to do something about this dog? Like, this is really bad. Can you even talk right now? Yes, I can now. Uh, but okay. the, uh, the dog Wonderful. made out the, the headphones there, so I didn't hear whatever you did. Just- no, I was just calling you unprofessional when I was the one sleeping on stream the other night. Uh, that's really about it. Yeah, let's lead with all our unprofessional stuff at the top of the podcast. You know what? We need to bring that back. We need to bring that back. Too much has been made of podcasts out there trying to be professional and going out and getting celebrities. We are not celebrities. We are just goofs sitting around here. Sports is supposed to be fun. And the Lions don't deserve a serious podcast right now, Jeremy. They deserve us being very unserious and taking mail reader questions from the mailbag, which is what we are going to do on this podcast today. We are taking your reader questions on the Detroit Lions and other things that might tickle your interest. Darn like tootin'. Me. Darn tootin', that's right. Uh, by the way, if you do join us on Twitch, I believe we are doing some November stuff. Yes. And if you're yeah. watching live, you can see all of our milestones here. We're trying to raise money for November, which helps out mental health, physical health, all sorts of things. Go to Movember.com if you're more interested in, in what they do. Um, but yeah, if you're if you're watching live, that's how you donate. There's a link in our in our chat once you hit exclamation point Movember. And uh, yeah, we'll do, do a bunch of crazy stuff if you uh, if we hit some of our goals. I'll have to think of something for myself because the only place hair grows on my body is on my face. And I'm already TMI. seeing that. No it, one asked it, that question. <laughs> Listen, it says right there, $5,000. Ryan waxes a nipple. That means Ryan has hair on his nipples. Yeah, we found so, that out last podcast. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, you give the information. I just offer it. Anyway, let's get to the questions. So hashtag SPOD on Twitter. 
through PrideDetroit.com's comment section. And we'll try to be getting some stuff uh, from Twitch chat right now. And we will be going through questions here for the next 30 to 40 minutes or so, maybe even longer, depending on how Jeremy, Jeremy and I are feeling. But I guess we should just rip the Band-Aid off right now on this one, Jeremy. Right off the top, Jay Jones 164 asks us, are we currently witnessing the worst year in Detroit sports history? And he offers us this. Red Wings, 1149, I mean, excuse me, 1749 and five, worst in conference. Tigers, 23 and 35, worst in division. Remember, these are COVID-shortened seasons for some of these teams. Pistons, 20, 20 and 46, half game above worst in conference. Lions, three and five, worst in division. Do you believe this to be the worst year, Jeremy? I have an answer here. Yeah, I, I think I, I think maybe maybe we can even extend it out to this is the worst era in Detroit sports history because none of these teams have been competitive in a decade. If we're being complete, like the Tigers are probably the closest. Maybe, you know, the Pistons made the playoffs, I think, once or twice. But this those team more, has those more real playoffs. Right. Though. Exactly. Like, like you get in at an eight seed. Congratulations. <clears throat> Here's LeBron James and the Cavaliers. Yeah. The most recent team that was competitive, I feel like was the 2014 Detroit Lions. Yeah. And that was like, well, uh, the Tigers were in the playoffs that year, too. And then the years before the Tigers, you know, ALCS yeah. World Series. Yeah. So it would be that, too. Um, I don't think it's the worst year. I, I want to quibble. I want to ask you on eras because I w- did go back through the record books. And I think the only thing close is I would say probably the late 70s to early 80s for Detroit is the only thing that can really compare. So just to do numbers here, I looked back Red Wings, like the Red yeah. Wings were bad. That was the dead era. That was the dead wings that era. The, that was the dead wings era. Like when you won 16 games in 76 to 77, 19 in 80 to, to 81 and just awful throughout there. So that's the Red Wings taken care of. I believe it was 1979. The Lions were two and 14. So we're, we're in that ballpark still. Then I had to go back and look through the Tigers. They had an, a five year stretch. 50, uh, 75, they only won 57 games, and then they were hovering below or above 500 for you know a few game a few years after that. But 75 was kind of their low point, and then the Pistons. I mean, Pistons were nobody until they got Isaiah Thomas and the Bad Boys. The lowest point would have been 79 to 80, 16 games, 66 losses, and I'm pretty sure I don't think that's the record. But if it is, that's pretty damn close. And in a way, like if if things were that bad 30 years ago when there was uh, not half the teams, but like right. probably five or 10 less teams per team per league, that, that makes it kind of even worse, right? Right, right. These schedules obviously have been expanded too as well. But I think I, I disagree that 2020 is the worst year just because 2019, I feel like was even worse. And maybe that's because we had a full season to to get it all playouts the pistons were 20 and 46 the red wings i mean the tigers if i remember in 19 were 47 and 114 they almost tied the record they set back in i think 03 or 04 for most losses i know these are lost a lot of numbers hold on so the lions of course were 3 12 and 11 in case we don't forget yep and then how many games did the pistons win last year like 17 games Sure. Yeah. 
I'm just saying yeah. like last year was yeah. almost as bad and we had a full years last year, not these COVID shortened years. So yeah, I mean, that that goes back to my like, well, yeah, we're, era. we're kind yeah. of in a, a terrible era right now. Yep. I, I would say that era is probably let's, let's say 2015 to present is there how we're going to just, just the city of failure versus the city of champions. I just want to do some numbers. I like history. So it sucks, doesn't it? Because it feels like at least and, and in that same time span there, Michigan and Michigan State, neither of them have really been that great either. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and now, yeah, if you want to throw that into this conversation right now, like, yeah, this is this is a real dark time for Michigan sports. And, and yeah, we have the pleasure of talking about it and leading off our podcast with it. So exactly. aren't you smiling and eager for 30 more minutes of positivity? See, I, I guess I, I thrive in it sometimes because, again, I as I say, sports aren't supposed to be serious. This team certainly isn't treating They're things seriously. supposed to be seriously. fun, though, Chris. This I isn't know. fun. Not for you. Not for anybody that wants I, to see their team win. I bleep, I bleep post. Well, I've been wanting to see my team win for a very long time. I've just kind of given up on that, and I am bleep posting until that happens. All right. Uh, let's take another question, then get off that one before we start coming to blows right away. Uh, do you want to go to, we've got like five Stafford questions. Do you want to go to that one or do you want to go to one of the other ones we have first? I don't even know, man. <laughs> Stafford on, isn't man. a topic I'm eager to talk about either, but it's obviously a, okay. a hot topic Let's, right now. So I don't care. Since we're doing, since we're doing brain teasers, since we're doing brain teasers, critical perspective of the lions draft picks that are currently playing in the NFL for other teams, you can bring back three. Mm-hmm. Let's say for this season and next season only, who are you returning? Well, he gives us a list of names here. So Darius yeah. Slay is is number one with a bullet. Mm-hmm. This team needs a, a veteran corner that's still good. And and sorry, Desmond Trufant, you, you played well last week, but you're not you're not Slay. You could use help. You could use help. Um, obviously, he wouldn't come here with our current coach. But that mm-hmm. that point aside, we're pretending that 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 doesn't matter. Um, give me. Give me Kyle Van Noy. KVN? Yeah, I, I, I don't think he's necessarily as good as, as Lions fans fantasize about, you know, his days in New England. Um, but this team desperately needs, desperately needs a linebacker. So give me Kyle Van Noy. And then this is a tough one. There's not really a ton of great talent out there. Like, I know a lot of people probably say Travis Fulgham or something like that. I'm, I'm still he's not the, quite a believer in there. Yeah, guess, he's the sexy name yeah, right the, now. The other one is, is Graham Glasgow. I think, so I think I that's like, actually fairly easy. No, I yeah. think about it. Give me Glasgow. Yeah, mm, let's see. So, I mean, I agree with you on that. Uh, I agree with you on Slay, obviously. Yeah. I don't know if I'd go Kyle Van Noy or Tahir Whitehead. I'm kind of up in the air between the two of them. Oh, I know Tahir. doing that well? And is he still in Oakland? Yeah, he well, no, he's with the he's with the Panthers, I think now. Oh, is he? I have, yeah, he's with the Panthers now. I'm not quite sure. Says he's oh, got yeah. yeah, so. He's always been a guy that just racks up tackles. I don't know if he's actually playing well. Yeah, that's true. And then you left this name off there, and I know it's probably because he's been old and not had good years, but Indomitian Sue in Tampa is kind of having himself a revival year. I would like that. I would incredibly like that. I would like a force that can get into the backfield sure. and create pressure on these quarterbacks, which the Lions seem to repeatedly check out of doing. Yeah. A monster like Sue. I, 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 especially if you're talking only a two-year deal, I, I get that. Um, mm-hmm. I do think he's benefiting from a pretty 
great defensive line over there in Tampa. There. Yeah, you know, yeah. I know Vita Vea has, had been playing well before he got injured, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't dislike that. I think that's a good answer. What? How, how do you feel about Quandre Diggs? Do you think that would be an answer in the backfield? I like him as a person, but that Seattle defense is maybe the worst in the NFL right now, and so mm-hmm. even even him right now, I'm not sure would make a huge difference. Safety is not a huge concern with me right now. I think the lines are getting good enough play out of Duran Harmon. So I don't think they're missing Quandre Diggs that much. It's just you're missing a leader there. You got a different leader in Duran Harmon. So right. I think they're okay without him. What about Amir Abdullah after he beat you up this week? Beat what with one catch? I know it went for a touchdown. No. <laughs> no. You think, listen, Chris, well, you know me. Do you, do you think I think the team needs a running back right now? Do you think that's what I think? I'd like someone taking adrian peterson's uh carries that's they all they have those guys on the roster i know they, they do. just don't use them if we got amir abdullah he'd stay on the bench the entire game that's true that's <laughs> true that's that's the enraging part too yeah is that if it wasn't the name on the back of the jersey <laughs> that those carries would not be, be given i don't i don't get it it's fantastic it's <laughs> bizarre man it's bizarre uh, why do we keep going with uh, Lions of yesteryear? As another question we have here is from WWCJD. Better draft pick, Jordan Dizon or Tease Taper? Man, these are some dark questions this week. I guess I can understand it. You guys are feeling pretty down. But D- Jordan Dizon, if you don't remember, 2008, that wonderful year, he's a second round pick. Mm-hmm. Spent all but three years on the Lions and and never showed his face again in the NFL. Uh, I mean, you're 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 asking me to pick between F minuses at this point. Yes, I am. <laughs> I guess I I guess Tease Tabor was a better pick. There, I think there were more people, or I, I think it's a more forgivable pick because I think I think there were some people that are like the guy games. Let's throw out his forty time. You know, maybe he was injured. Maybe maybe he's faster than than his forty time says, but Dizon always felt like a weird pick that didn't make a lot of sense and didn't seem to fit what the lines were trying to do at the time. So, I mean, if if you're talking about like what what pick turned out better, the answer is neither. I mean, you're comparing zero to zero. But if if you're talking about maybe what pick was more forgivable, I guess I'd say T Staber. I'd probably go the other way just because I remember Dizon. He had a pretty good see. He had good years in college. Like he so was. Yeah, but no, but even in <laughs> even in Florida, I remember maybe it's just because I was talking with draft people when it came to tease taper versus I wasn't talking to draft people d- with Jordan Dizon. Yeah, that I be- that I think even when we were looking at tease, like I remember Alex Reno even saying like tease doesn't have good tape. Like he's got he's got problems and you can already see them when he's playing at Florida. So I think uh, the cracks were in the field for there. I don't know if they were there for Dizon, but again, I am looking through the uh, fog of time and right. my memory is a sieve. Uh, we'll take one more question here before the break. So, I mean, this is this is doomsday mailbag in case you are just joining us right now. I don't know how you'd be able to do that. If you're on a podcast, maybe you're watching live on Twitch. Uh, bring back Jim Shorts asking us this question. Should Lions fans sign a petition to change the pumped in crowd noise to booze? Pumped in booze at all times. Jesus Christ, guys. I hate you. I'm sorry. I'm going to talk to you guys directly. These questions suck. <laughs> Look at you playing the heel. 
Here, here, you could have answered that question six words in. Should the Lions fans sign a petition? The answer already is no. It's always no, no on a petition. Don't sign a petition. It's 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 not worth your time, especially if it's an online petition. No, this is the, this is the law offices of, of of Perfett and Reisman what? giving you legal advice. Never sign a petition. I, when have they ever worked? When have petitions ever worked? By the way, like. For something like this, by the way, which is like, hey, we're trying to sign a petition towards a multi-billion dollar private business, more or less. I mean, let's let's pretend this is a serious question, which I'm assuming it's not. Um, No, it's just here to be fun. Yeah. Wow. You guys are hilarious. I, I do think there is something to be said about the anodyne form of pumped in crowd noise. It just it lacks a little something something right now like i i've gotten used to it jeremy i've completely gotten used to it and that scares the hell out of me because it says that you and me as fans are completely replaceable that that noise was all you were providing we were providing white noise this entire time jeremy that's it that's who we are as fans these to these guys running the team white noise and someone to give your money to yeah so, I mean, that that's why anything like this is stupid and a waste of your time. You don't think the Fords know that the team sucks and, and they're not selling merchandise? And this team is still one of the bottom three valued teams in the NFL and it has been for the past two, three, four decades? They know all that. If you sign an online petition say, hey, we're, we want you to boo the fan, boo the team, think they give a shit about that? No, they give a shit about your money. And guess what? They know the team is failing in terms of money, at least, you know, compared to the rest of the NFL. So I don't know what you guys want. I know you guys want to be heard. I know you guys want some sort of impact on the team, but that's not the deal you signed up with when you became a Detroit Lions fan. You don't have an impact. I'm sorry. No one really, but I, I don't think anyone really does. No fan base does anymore. No, this isn't the 70s. This isn't the 70s anymore. This isn't the Baltimore marching band still in Baltimore mourning for the Colts and complaining until Art Modell steals the Browns from Cleveland. Like, this this isn't that era anymore. You are a small number in a vast sea of noise. Welcome. Kind of going off this before we, we head off, Zach, yeah, sure. off Zach would, would the bad press be enough to get them fired? No. What bad press? Like, if, if this story were to go viral, if the, you know, two million Detroiters sign petition to pump in no you know no you know why because it'll be picked up by pro football talk m live the detroit free press the detroit news half of that will be behind a paywall and no one else will care no one else will care and guess what the thing is it's like when lions fans are complaining it's like when cleveland brown it's like remember that story with cleveland browns fans we were all laughing about them it's like haha you have bud light you know lockers that will get unlocked haha what's going on with you and like they do petitions and stuff like that too you just look pathetic that's the that's what it is at the end of the day it's just another fan base lashing out it's it's like lost in the noise it's like the saints after the pass interference thing and people might point to well yeah but they got the pass interference reviewed like okay well that was a nightmare so who cares two that was a nightmare for the entire year by the way not just that play Yeah, yeah yeah but my overall point is just like it's good. Even even if it were big news here in Detroit, it would be gone in 24 hours. That's no, that's the news, news cycle. News news, mo- news moves differently. And to be honest, football fans are not sympathetic characters. If you, if you're a journalist, you look for the sympathetic character because that will get you the most looks. Politicians look for the sympathetic character. People like the commissioner look for the sympathetic character. You think 
a football fan is a sympathetic character. No, we all suck. I if I wasn't a football fan myself, I would have nothing but contempt for you people. Like, I'm sorry. Like, we're, we're, we're talking about sitting at home watching ball games and getting mad about uh, canned crowd noise. Like, take a step back and realize how ridiculous that all is. <laughs> Think about that, man. Think about that. We got wars going on all over the all over the world. Hundreds of thousands of people dying from a disease. And you're sitting here mad about a ball game. Laugh and grow fat. All right, we got to take a break. People are going to be angry here. So, um, and I, and I'm, well, I'm mad at them. We need better questions than this. Like, can we actually talk about the team instead of like, hey, what if we had a fairy tale wand and could make the team better? Like, come on, let's talk about something matters. I'm having fun. Uh, <laughs> Jeremy said a few gamer words, by the way. So we need to do take it. We do need to take a quick break. And when we come back on the Pride of Detroit PODcast mailbag, I will try to find a question that makes Jeremy happy. Good luck. And, uh, yeah. No, I know. I, mm, I'm having fun. One second. We'll be right back. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. And welcome back. Pride of Detroit POD cast here on the mailbag. We just had a wonderful therapy session during the break. I think uh, we've made some real progress with Jeremy and emotions no no and no no we haven't okay well you know (laughs) at least i got billed for an hour of time you know (laughs) as as my budding budding career into therapy for nfl blockers which honestly might might be pretty that could be a very lucrative business i'm just saying if i can get to the (laughs) bottom of what's going on with like michael david smith or whatever his name is like hey you know what? I could stand to make a cool five digits, maybe more, <laughs> probably more. Let's get back because we have plenty of questions here. We even got some from Twitch now, which we've thrown into our document. And I want to start. Let's start with some. Let's start with uh, Noscarelli 20s and Cos- Coscarelli 20s question here, because I think it's interesting uh, before we get on to some stuff about the roster itself. 
Uh, what game has been the most disappointing for you in the Matt Patricia era? I loved this question at first because I thought I, I thought it was going to make me think really hard about it. And then once I found the right answer, I was just like, oh. It's the very first one. It's the New York Jets getting oh, blown God. up 48 to 17 at home on Monday night. You know what? You're, you're absolutely right. I was right now pulling up the, the schedules from the past few years. I'm like, what, what really tickles my mind here? And then I remembered, oh, yeah, that's right. We let Sam Darnold bomb all over <laughs> us. I mean, and here's, here's the thing. You go back to that game. What has changed? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing has changed. The Lions couldn't stop the run oh, in that game. God. Sam Darnold threw all over us. Matt Stafford threw for four interceptions that game. You could you could slide that game into last week, and I wouldn't tell the difference. Oh, I couldn't tell the God. difference. The only oh. difference is that it was against a horrible team, and last week came against an okay Minnesota Vikings team. Nothing has changed from that very first game, and it's perfect. It's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. Yeah. No, I, 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 I have to go there. I was thinking maybe the Arizona overtime tie. I know ties are weird like that, but yeah. Or, I mean, probably something else from 2018. I'm trying to think of the, those Viking game. Those Vikings games are both blowouts, if I remember. But no, you, you've won. It's the Jets game. It's absolutely 100% the Jets game. I remember, too, because we were all sitting there high on our horses. Quandre Diggs, first first throw of of Sam Darnold's professional career. It's a pick six the other way. Quandre Diggs to the house, and he's posing, and we're stunting in MetLife Field. We're stunting Uh, in the Meadowlands. That game that was, was home. home. That was home. That was Excuse there. me. Yeah. 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 No, no. That was at four. Yeah, I know. It felt like a road game because by the end, all the Jets fans were cheering J-E-T-S-T. Before, before ESPN decided this game sucks. Let's cut to the other Monday night game. Yeah. yeah Cause that was the Monday night double header to start yeah. the year. That's right. Yeah. yeah. No, like, but that was the high point. It's, it seems weird to say the high water mark. For the entire regime regime. was that moment, moment, the pick six touchdown right before Sam Darnold got the ball right back. (laughs) It was literally downhill from after 10 seconds into the very first game. It's beautiful, man. All right. Here's your sign. All right. I want to take this question from Benjamin Evans on Twitter, Benjamin underscore VNS. Uh, what is Stafford's issue with motion throughout four coordinators? His team has always been at the bottom in terms of motion usage. The best teams in the NFL use it consistently. Why don't the Lions? So he's talking about having a man in motion before the snap. Um, Jeremy, I don't know if you have any insight to this. This seems this seems alarming as a stat, but it also because it is across four coordinators and coordinators are the ones who have that that power to set men in motion. I don't know if I put it on Stafford. So this yeah. kind of seems like a weird, quirky. Ve- it's, it's one of my favorite stats in the world. They're called Vegas stats where it's like, hmm, this statistic is very funky and it's very weird. And maybe it might change your mind if you're gambling money on a game, but ultimately not a real stat. It doesn't yeah, mean I- anything. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I'm, I'm with you. I think this is really more of a coordinator issue, and I know it's weird that it's happened through four coordinators. I don't know if it's really been as big of an issue through each coordinator, but it's definitely a Daryl Bevel thing. Um, doesn't seem. Yeah, I remember some more motion under Jim Bob Cooter. Yeah, if I, I feel recall. like Linehan. Yeah. I feel like Linehan probably had a, a 
a fair amount of motion. I'd have to go back and obviously check. So we're the stats mostly on that we're mostly stuff. thinking about G- Lombardi and Lombardi and <clears throat> Bevel. Then, yeah, right. I mean, the Lions just don't have a very good track record with offensive coordinators right now, and I, I think a lot of people understandably say, well, maybe it's not the coordinator, maybe it's the quarterback, and and there's maybe a little bit of validity to that. Maybe we have been overhyping Stafford a little bit, but I don't buy it that much. I, I don't think Stafford's having that much of an input on on game planning like that. I think I think Stafford will tell these guys what he does well and, and what plays he likes and things like that, but in terms of pre-snap motion and stuff, that's all on the coordinator, and, and I'm not buying it as, a, as something that Stafford doesn't like to do. There's no reason for a quarterback not to like motion it gives him more information it often tells a team whether the defense is playing zone or man there's no reason why Stafford would say no I refuse to do pre-snap motion there's no reason for it for for whatever reason yeah I his, his coordinators just don't do it yeah I I can't see like Stafford having some sort of psychological problem with a man in motion and if he does that's probably more alarming than anything I've ever seen out of Stafford. That Stafford is somehow so thrown off that of a man in motion before the snap that he just refuses it doesn't happen. No, that that's I've never heard of that. Never heard of that anywhere in the NFL. If it came out like that, I would be shocked. Like that is one of those that would be one of those things that I would like reevaluate everything I know about Stafford if it's true. And it's not true. Right now it's not true. I'm just saying. Like I it's it is just you've rolled the dice four times on offensive coordinators and for whatever reason they just don't put men in motion honestly i, I, I feel like the, i feel like the men in motion thing is also kind of that that's a more recent development yeah, where i think I we just got the numbers that this is that effective having a man in motion and then the lines have just if we're being completely honest they've had a string of just old school coaches you know even jim schwartz was i know he wasn't an offensive minded coach but like he's a guy that didn't like the blitz that was too fancy for him. He just liked to send four man rushes and you get Jim Caldwell. Couldn't be more old school than that. Mm-hmm. And then you get Matt Patricia and he says, well, okay, maybe you can't hold my beer, Jim Caldwell. Maybe I can get more old school. <laughs> and so you have just like a, a bunch of old school guys. And it's why, you know, who was it? Tom Pelissero, I think put out the, the, the young coaches list up and coming guys. That's why a list like that is so alluring to lions fans right now. And I get it too. I'm right there with you this just needs a new age coach. This team really needs a new age coach, whether it's an offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, head coach, just like, give me a 40 year old. Give me someone young. Give me someone who, who sees the, the game changing as it is, sees how big of an advantage the, the offense has mm. when they're spreading out offenses, throwing the ball a ton and, and getting a ton of pass interference penalties that I absolutely hate. Get a young guy. I'm, I'm fully aboard getting, making this team realize that they're in the in the 2010s so someone about the same age as cliff kingsbury you would say sure can i interest you in a spry 45 year old lane kiffin no okay thought i would try (laughs) thought i would try i i would have to think uh, i'm trying to think where the young guys would even be right now to be honest i i know everyone talks eric bienemy is bienemy i think he is I mean, I don't think Eric Bieniemy is much to begin with. Like, he's like fifty or so. But I, okay, whatever. I, I, I don't. I don't want to do future coaches right now when we haven't even fired the one that's sitting there right now. So, okay. Uh, let's see here. I like this from Zelly Doe. Every game the Lions have won, the team has had fans. 
Not to mention all of Stafford's more consistent games. Do you think Stafford performs well, better and puts the team in winning possession situations when there are fans? Well, I will say this. I think there's been some like friends and family at Ford Field last yeah, few games. Just the last game, last home game, yeah. Yeah. So I don't think it's really that, but I will say this. like, There's been plenty of guys out there who have talked about the adjustments of being in these games when there are when there isn't a crowd around or even not really that loud of a crowd because these crowds are pretty sparse just because of social distancing and everything else. So I think there might be something to that, but I don't think Stafford's really been even asked that question right now, to be honest. Yeah, so someone actually was. I think it was Manny Oruwari was asked that something similar today, like... Is it is it harder to play at home now without that energy, you know, having to to maybe bring that energy from within and not feeding off the crowd? And is it maybe easier on the road not having to deal with loud noises and things like yeah, that? It does impact defense more. Yeah. But go on. But but yeah, I mean, his answer was basically no. <laughs> he doesn't think it <laughs> impacts his play on the field. His play on the field is, I mean, it requires an intense amount of focus either way. And maybe it's a little bit easier on the defense without people screaming. But um you've been playing these guys have been playing this game for years and years and years with loud crowds and they know how to zone it out and so i i don't know i i i don't think so i don't i don't think matthew stafford's here's the thing and i know you're going to disagree because you've talked about matthew stafford a lot so far this year i don't think matthew stafford has been egregiously bad this year he's had a lot of very big mistakes which i mean big mistakes cause huge problems for the team and and he's he's definitely a reason the Lions are losing but if you if we're talking overall play I don't think it's been that big of a downturn I really don't um and so I think we're, we're tending to to over exaggerate some of like we we're trying to look for issues where I don't think they necessarily exist so uh, I mean this is kind of getting into a conversation a debate I'd love to have with you at some point for a dedicated show but I I'm I think I agree with where I agree with you is you brought up the word mistakes. And I think that's where I hone in on because I feel like mistakes when you are a quarterback, you really have to draw that line on where you are on mistakes. And for me, where it's been breaking on Stafford for me is mostly just when I see a quarterback make a mistake, it's kind of like with a pitcher. It's like, all right, you made that mistake. Go out there, put it out of your mind. Don't do it again. Just get back to what you were doing. Don't let it bother you. Stafford, it's not that he's like suddenly spooked or whatever, but I see him like, you you know what happens when you're like really frustrated with something, something's not working for you. And you're just like, if you're like turning a screw and it's not coming out, you're just suddenly jamming at it harder or whatever. I feel like that's what Stafford's doing when he, after he makes a mistake and it's causing him to make more mistakes. And that's how I attribute that second interception he threw in in the last game against yeah i mean he's also i mean he's forced into that situation right the defense isn't stopping anyone so he has to push a little bit harder but i feel like we're acting like the man has thrown like turned the ball over like 20 times he has seven interceptions so does tom brady so does russell wilson i mean it's it's not it's not an egregious number it just seems to be happening at the worst times it's happening at the worst times. It's also happening on throws that are there. There, I mean, we we've seen this. He's not throwing deep downfield. He's not taking like a dangerous throws downfield or whatever. He's just throwing in a double coverage only like ten 
yards down the field or whatever. And that's the kind of stuff that's kind of like a little off putting to me. I don't think he's really been that bad. I just I just see the efficiency numbers down and I see that his decision making is just really poor at times, not all the time. But again, I, I think he gets frustrated out there and that's that's acceptable. But you have to be bigger than that if you're the guy who's going to we're going to put everything on on your back. Sure. So that's 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 always been my my complaint. And that's really that's recent. That that's not something that was happening in 2019. That's not even something that's happening in 2018. That's this year, and that's just the last few games. And I don't have really an explanation other than he's just getting frustrated out there and doubling down on his mistakes, whether he's likes it or not. I don't know what to attribute it to. You can maybe say that there's like control rod missing. Maybe he's just not adjusting to Daryl Bevel like he was with Jim Bob Cooter. I don't know. All we can do is kind of guess, make assumptions. Positive hypotheses, test theories, and uh, just bloviate. That's what we're good at. Yeah, no, that's that's the entire point of sports media. Uh, let's see. I, I'm getting. I'm kind of trying to find something that isn't a Stafford question that we have have left. Okay, this one from Bud Dog. Here we go. This one might make you a little happier. <laughs> Maybe not. Let's say Patricia does somehow right the ship here in the back half, and the Lions end up eight and eight at the end of the season. Do you think that would justify Quinn and Patricia one more year? No, not even close. I agree. He has to, he has to essentially go seven and one, I think, for, for me to even consider. I mean, you're just talking about five and three. That's not that impressive. I'm sorry. It's not. Yeah, this not, team not to eight with and the eight, schedule. Eight and eight is, to me, is not an even improvement from last year. I know, I know they're three, 12 and one last year, but the Matthew Stafford injury alone, I think, makes that about a seven win team that, that team was average when Matthew Stafford was healthy and Nate in eight team is also average. The only way an eight and eight team changes my mind is if we see a completely different team, a complete, like a defense that is actually made, is, you know, starting to hold people under 20 instead of letting people score over 30. Uh, if, if, I mean, we'd have to see it like always, if we're just looking at record, context matters we have to see if, if if they're playing at like a level it's like wow if they would have just been playing that way all you know in the first half of the season maybe but at eight and eight to me is not it's not i mean no we're talking about five wins five more wins yeah let, let me yeah not even close to enough yeah let me remind everyone that and i know people hate when i do this and i know i'm stepping on a landmine and i don't care they fired Jim Caldwell at nine and seven to invoke to invoke Jeff, Jeff Fisher, not bleeping going there. Like, sure, eight and eight would be a fantastic improvement over over what we've seen these guys do. But I think at that point, yeah, it's yeah. I I think to sum up what you're, t- I agree with everything you're saying, Jeremy. I think eight and eight would be too little, too late. That's just what it would be. It's not even that good. Five and three down the stretch is not even that good. I know the schedule's tough, but it's not. It doesn't make up for... And and also, let's be clear. It's not going to happen. This team is not going to win five games out of the next eight. Their defense is nowhere near where it needs to be, and there's no player that's underperforming enough where it's like, well, if they can just get it together, it's going to be okay. They just don't have the talent, which is... I mean, we talk about Matt Patricia all the time. Bob Quinn has not put together a roster worthy of contention right now no he has not i'm looking at the schedule right now i'm trying to find those five wins maybe 
we, we could see the Lions going winless against the, the division. Again. Yeah. They went winless That's last more year. more damning than anything. Yeah. I think they're, what, 2-13 and 13 against the NFC North under that Patricia? Is, that is damning. That, that is, is unsettling. The, the most damning. That is the most damning stat out of the entire Boston boys regime. These are teams you're you, supposed to know everything about. You play them twice a you play them twice a year. They don't rotate out like other like other teams. You have to consistently plan for these teams, consistently be thinking better than them to see their stratagems encounter with your own every time. And you're not. Sorry, man. Getting out coached. <laughs> Period. Yeah. So you just mentioned Bob Quinn there. I think this is probably a good spot. I need to check our time. This is probably. We'll make it one or two more questions here. Since you mentioned Bob Quinn, unleash the beast in our Twitch chat. Who is the most disappointing 2020 free agency pickup? That is a great question. Um, yeah, I, I'll just say who it isn't right now. Aquara. He's been. I mean, well, it's funny really because Julian. Resign. Yeah, but that's true. Yeah, I'm sorry. Ah. <sighs> I, th- I think it's it's got to be, I think it's got to be Halapuli Vati Vaitai. It was, yeah, we've it was, kind it was, of we've really harped on how bad his play has been, and again, he's been playing out of position, so I get it. But yeah. still, like it's, this is this is results in this league, man. Right, and you have to imagine that part of the reason they gave him a five year, forty five million dollar deal is is the is the versatility we we hear them talk about it all the time they love moving guys in and out they love guys that can that can fill in in a pinch um mm. and and to to give Vitai some some leeway here he has been dealing with his foot injury i think since week 2 still on the injury report with the foot injury so he's not right completely and you know he's in and out of last last week's last week's game as well but i mean that was a a, a signing we all had question marks about from the beginning and we have all been proven some variants of right. He hasn't been. I feel like he's actually had flashes. Where it's like, okay, maybe we can get used. To, he wasn't bad last week, in fact. Um, but you know, with with the risky move that the Lions made for moving on from Graham Glasgow, Halapuli Vati Vaitai has not settled anyone's worries about that move at this point. I think I think you can also make a pretty good case for Desmond Trufant, but I'm not going to bury the Lions for that because Matt Patricia put him in a bad spot by essentially forcing Darius Slay out of town and, and the Lions had to do something. And Desmond Trufant was probably about as good as they can do. Yeah, I'm trying to even think who I can even throw on there. It's kind of not right to put on someone like uh, like Tony McRae because he's got the IR injury and everything. And he was playing decently. Not not great, but I mean. He just, that means he's a great special teamer. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you can bury a team for a special team signing. Yeah, and I can't really say much about J. Ron Curse because I can't even remember how much we've even seen out of him since he's come back from his uh, suspension. From his suspension. Yeah. So I think it is Vitae. Yeah. I mean, Nick Williams and Danny Shelton are, are your other candidates, I think, there. And they certainly haven't been good. Great. Been great, but they, they're less disappointing than Vitae. Right. I don't think anyone came in thinking those guys were going to be the next, you know, uh, snacks or, or, you know, whatever. And and they were signed to modest contracts. Nick Williams got 5 million a year. Danny Shelton got 4 million a year. So it's not like these guys are breaking the bank. Um, so I think it, it just has to be Vitae then. 
All right. Uh, I've got time for one more. Do you want to take the one from a look down in the staffer questions? Do you want the one from Gonzalez Q or do you want the one from Chip Snackson? Um, let's, let's go, let's go Gonzalez. Okay. We'll do Gonzalez Q who asks us, what realistic expectations would you have for Stafford in the 2021 season, assuming he is still a lion and what would have to happen this offseason in order to create the milieu for him to achieve those results? I like the use of milieu. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I mean, we can, and if you want, we can get into the conversation about whether he will be on the roster in 2021 or not. I don't know if that's, that's a hole you want to go down to at the, at the very end of this it's podcast. It's hard, man. It's really hard because I've only seen half a season of play out of him. And it's coming right off of a game where he lost you the game. Let's let's not beat around the bush. He lost you that Minnesota Vikings game with his two interceptions. And I know those are two mistakes out of a hundred, but they're they're the ones that matter. They're the ones that put points on the board. Like, I'm sorry. Like this is this is kind of the deal when you're a quarterback in the NFL. People talk about your wins, which isn't fair, but they also talk about these kind of things. You are you're you're the height. You're the engine of this defense uh, of this offense. Like everything moves through the quarterback in the NFL. It's why it's why they get paid so much, and it's also why we talk about them so much in sports media. Um, but at this point, but like, yeah, so that it's hard to do that right now because what what's my last memory of Stafford on the field? It's throwing two interceptions. It's hard for me to do the business right now when there's still literally half the Lions season to go. And this could just be a bad slump to start the year, or it could just be who he is. I need more data, 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 data. I cannot make bricks without clay. It's something that I'm just really, it's, it's the one thing I'm keeping an eye on, but I don't think you can really make that decision until the 2020 season's done. So I don't know uh, what to really do about that. I mean, we're pa- and it's irrelevant too. We're past the trade deadline. So you have to be with him until, until January. Then you can start thinking about the future. I feel like Stafford's kind of in unique territory here because he's playing so deep into his career as a starter, Mm -hmm. but he's not considered among the elite, but he's also not considered at least by most as someone, yeah, as as like someone, a, a borderline starter. I think everyone agrees that Matthew Stafford should be a starter in this league. Almost everybody, maybe, maybe not everybody, but what so what old. happens what happens to a guy that old in his career when he's just kind of that second tier quarterback how long does he last in the NFL how long does he last as a backup after that does and he? where does that where does that drop off happen too because i saw someone else another question we didn't take was like would you rather have stafford or philip rivers right now would philip rivers be better to run the system right now i don't want to get into that question but that's kind of what happens with those second tier guys jeremy is yeah. at some point and I know Philip Rivers is a lot older than Stafford, but at some point your career just falls off the cliff. You just can't do it anymore. You right. turn it with Philip Rivers. But and that was going to be my next point is like with Philip Rivers, you can see it. His arm, his arm strength is not there. His arm is shot. With Matthew Stafford, I don't see any of that physical drop off. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, he's still got. He's you know I know he's been through all those injuries, but you don't notice it when he's out there. He's still pretty good at maneuvering in the pocket. He's still got a rocket arm. None of those things have changed. So. It's hard for me to sit here and say he's at the tail end of his career because I don't see any of his physical traits changing. And mentally, I I I honestly I don't buy into any of the the theories that 
his home life is affecting him or he's burnt out in yeah. Detroit and, and hates the city and wants to play. I don't buy any of that stuff. That's so really, that's tea leaf reading. And if you're doing that, you need to get off Kelly Stafford's Instagram account right yeah. now. <laughs> and, and unless, unless you're his therapist, I, I don't, I don't like playing the games of what's in his head right now. And yeah, so I don't think he's not, he's not in front of the media. Like a Jay Cutler was with Jay Cutler. You could right. tell he was pissed off and tired of Chicago. He was tired of Chicago I hate to even use the Jay Cutler reference because I think Stafford might be entering that category, but Maybe. Stafford doesn't talk to that media as much as Cutler did. Cutler, yeah. at least you knew he was pissed off. You don't know with Stafford. Yeah, I so, think I think where he is declining though is that decision making though, and that's but, where I'm. But see, I want to see how does that. Well, but how does that manifest? How do you get worse at decision making in your career? That doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I I, I think we're just fair. I think we're overreacting to a small sample size. I th- I, I don't I want to see a whole season. Yeah. Listen, I'm 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 not going to call Matthew Stafford a top tier quarterback. Is he still a top 10 quarterback? Debatable, I think at this point. I still think he's top 15, and I don't think that will change next year. Yeah, and you got to ask yourself if that's good enough, especially when you keep seeing yeah. all these quarterbacks coming out of the sure. college, and I know you're afraid of the rebuild, Jeremy. I am too. It scares it scares the hell out it's of me. Happen, I just don't I just don't like thinking of I don't I don't show my scares pretty as easily. But I will say this: the one thing that differentiates twenty twenty versus two thousand eight, and you know the twenty twenties moving forward, teams are striking it on quarterbacks a lot at a much higher clip than they were in the two thousands and the twenty tens. No, they are they are. The, the, the one the, miss I can really the uh, the one miss I can really think of right now is probably Sam Darnold, out of like the last few drafts. Trubisky. And Trubisky, but I okay that was a function of the Bears being really dumb. I'm sorry, man. He was no, still no, considered no. a first round quarterback though. But there were a lot of us, including myself, who were saying you're crazy to think that he's this. Same same with same with Daniel Jones. There are just some guys these GMs fall in love with that. But like you hear enough voices out there saying. Are you serious about this guy? Are you serious about Daniel Jones? Are you serious about Mitch Trubisky? Dwayne Haskins. I don't think anyone expected Dwayne Haskins to be the anything. He's drafted in the first round, though. Now he's not even he's third string in Washington. I'm saying there. Here's the thing. Why it feels like everyone is hitting on these quarterbacks is because we are overreacting like a mother on some of these young guys. We're crowning two already after two games. No, I don't think Tua was that great either, but like. Okay, but that's still a better. Even Kyler Murray, I feel like we've overreacted a little bit. He's fallen down to earth a little bit this year. Yeah, he's only a second year though. I, I just feel like I. But I, I mean, my my point being though, Jeremy, is I think that percentage was a lot lower in the past. And like, if you didn't hit on one or two guys each year, like we're seeing like three or so coming out each year. I, I don't know, man. I don't think it's going to be. I, I just don't see the Lions getting a Joey Harrington type or something like that. I feel I feel like whatever you get in the quarterback right now, if it's high enough in the draft or even just in a moderate part of the draft, you you can be fine. You can be fine. I I mean, I'm reading the tea leaves here, but I'm just saying, like, I I don't think it'll be as hard to reboot, to be honest. Um, Back to the question itself, though, on Stafford. I know we're running late. We got to kind of wrap this up. God, we've. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, I. I just. What would he need to run next year? Uh, an offensive line would st- would help. A run game would help. Uh, I don't know. A better. It, it's you know what it is. It's just scheme right now. Like 
the Lions aren't throwing downfield. They're not putting a man in motion. They're not doing a modern offense. I'm sorry. They're just not. I mean, yeah, we, we talked a little about it a little bit. Give me a, a, an offensive coordinator who, his, who isn't scared of cover two. Who isn't like, oh, they're playing two deep safeties. Guess we can't throw the ball deep. Like, no, that's not what cover two means. Yes, it means that they're they're playing the deep pass a little bit tougher, but you got a quarterback with a rocket arm. You got a quarterback that can hit those turkey holes. When is the last time we said turkey hole? Give me a turkey hole throw. Give me a, 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 an offensive coordinator that isn't afraid to drop some plays where Matthew Stafford will throw it in a turkey hole. Give him some freaking wide receivers that can create more than one yard of separation. And we'll be fine. All I'm hearing here is congratulations to your 2021 Detroit Lions head coach, John Gruden. I hate you. I hate you. You called for the turkey hole, man. Multiple times. I'm just saying. You said it three times, so he's coming through your your mirror right now as we speak. (laughs) I think that's where we're going to end the mailbag. Thank you all for watching on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Pride Detroit. Thank you for downloading on any place where you can get the podcast, the POD cast. We'll be back here on Sunday delivering you the reactions from the game as the Lions take on the Washington football team. Make sure you go listen to First Bite. Jeremy and Ryan were previewing everything there. And uh, join us on Twitch. We'll be talking about Movember stuff and we'll have more details throughout the week. We're going to be doing these mailbags a little bit more. Plus, I think some other fun things probably, you know, we'll see where it goes. It's, it's, we've got half a season to go and somehow we've got to keep Just keep chopping wood. So thank you all for watching and we will see you starside. I said watching. I should have said listening. God, I've sold out to the Twitch audience. to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting fundrise.com fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.